We are also brought to you by Cardinal Cleaning. They can be reached at cardinalcleaningonline.com and 217-679-6567. The owner-operator, Adam Springer, local baseball dude, family friend, standout at Chatham-Glenwood in the mid-90s, also had a stellar career at Rend Lake in Kentucky Wesleyan. Cardinal Cleaning can take care of any cleaning needs you have, home, business, restaurant, weekly, bi-weekly, monthly, whatever you need, they can take care of you. Get a hold of Cardinal Cleaning. They'll do the rest. What's up, guys? This is Blake Helm, Post Game Spread Podcast. We are back for another episode of Out of Left Field with Joey Albsmeyer. I just listened to all these recordings, and I could not stop laughing the entire time. Joey is an absolute riot. Before I turn it over to Joey, a few updates kind of on what has been going on here. Uh, first of all, thank you for all the positive feedback I've gotten through this. Um, it's been overwhelming in some ways. I, it makes me feel like I'm onto something and heading on the right path. So thank you to everyone that's reached out. I am taking this seriously, and it's been really fun to kind of give back to the game on my own terms and my own time. Um uh, Currently, we are working on the Ryan O'Malley and Jason Knadler stories, and I'm going back talking to high school coaches, college coaches, dads, trainers, friends, just to really, you know, build the structure and paint the picture in the appropriate way and give these guys stories the respect that they deserve. You know, I think so highly of these guys and I want to do it right. Uh, One thing I got to bring up that we missed in the... uh, Dusty Bensko podcast was I left a name off the Statesman, a legendary local guy that could not only get it done with a bat, but as a pitcher as well, Eric Gum. Eric, we forgot to put your name in there. I totally forgot. The guy was a legend in his own right. And, you know, I think a lot of guys would say, you know, definitely had pro potential, but for whatever reasons, it didn't work out. So sorry, Eric, picking you up right here. Uh, Joey goes into, man, some classic stuff. We're talking hitting lightning bugs with bats as a kid. We're talking hitting golf balls with bats as a kid. He talks about issues he has with the progressions in Little League Baseball, stealing signs. Uh, He goes into an amazing Big Bull story. So if you guys don't know, Big Bull is Ron Riggle Sr. He is the dad of Ron Riggle, the head coach and athletic director at Lincoln Lane Community College. And he's been a fixture around the program he's everyone's grandpa with a story and he's just hilarious and he's got I think everyone from the program who's been around him has you know an hilarious big bull story we've talked about making a big bull podcast at some point with everyone coming back and just telling stories and how great great he was so he's got a good one in there um we're also going to be working on uh coming up some short podcasts so you know, some of these guys like the O'Malley's and the Apers, you know, have these really long stories, but I think there's tons of guys from the area and that I played with that have, you know, maybe shorter baseball careers, but they have, you know, some funny stories and some life lessons learned along the way. So it'll be kind of a, where are they now of like some local guys and just guys that we played with coming up. And uh, so look forward for that. We're going to be building those as well. I'm going to leave you with one Joey Albsmeyer's story before I go. And uh, like I said, Joey is one of my favorite teammates. Truly like a, a leader that, that, that kind of led with a light hand instead of a heavy hand. So I can remember my freshman year at Lincoln Land, Joey would have been a sophomore. And we were, I think, Spoon River at Spoon River. And it was the freshman's responsibility to gather up all the 
the bats, the balls, the equipment, all that stuff. And for whatever reason, a freshman did not jump on the bag of bats quick enough. And Joey ran over there and then like a obviously a tongue in cheek way said, well, I already carry this team. Might as well carry the bats as well. And then just rolled off, picked up the bat and walked off. The funny part was, I don't think he was hitting very well at the time, like kind of in a slump. So that's how I remember it, at least. So that I can never tell this story without, you know, laughing to myself. It was a hysterical moment. But what was cool about it was he also got his point across, too, in a light way. He didn't say, you know, it wasn't a heavy handed way of saying you guys are messing up and not doing what you're supposed to. He got his point across in a funny way. And I don't think anyone ever forgot to get the bats after that. So shout out to Joey, a funny guy, a leader, uh, thrilled that he wants to be a part of this. So anytime he has something to say, I'm going to put him on. So anyway, buckle up, out of left field, Joey Albsmeyer, enjoy it. we got a lot of fun podcast stuff coming up. So thanks for tuning in, guys. Hey, it's Joe again, coming out of left field with several topics for today that no one asked me to elaborate on, but you're going to get it anyway. Um, Just to recap, uh, to give back a little bit, every time I do one of these, I'm going to kick in $20 uh, for the charity of our choice that's going to support something there locally. So it's not just me ranting and raving on random topics. We can actually do some good with this, and uh, I'll do my best to still give some entertaining takes. But today's topic youth baseball. I, my, my youngest son plays t-ball. My next one up, my seven-year-old plays coach pitch. And I've noticed that their instincts for making outs are non-existent. I mean, just terrible. And I mean, we practice it. And if I don't tell them exactly where to go with it, um, I mean, you'd think that they were playing a foreign sport. And, and I think what we've, we've boiled this down to is that when did they stop playing kickball in PE and in recess? Because neither, none of my kids say that they have played kickball outside of us just playing in the backyard. And I, this may sound silly, but I think playing kickball leads to a ton of good instincts for baseball. I mean, just running the bases, making outs, I mean, obviously, you in baseball, you can't throw the ball and hit them to make an out. But, I mean, as far as just instinctually knowing where to make tags, where to make force outs, catching the ball in the air, having to even running bases, right, having to tag up and go back, uh, I don't see kids with any of that. Um, and maybe it's – I look back and I see trophies of myself when I was probably eight or nine years old still in t-ball. And so maybe my reflection is I'm a little too hard on them because I'm assuming they're more advanced than they really are because they're they're playing two years of coach pitch when I was still playing t-ball. So maybe, you know, fair is fair. Maybe they just haven't learned all that yet. But so I, I try and dig in and help these kids so much so that when I pitch to them, I can't see everything that's going on from the mound, right? So, I mean, you've got some kids that are – hitting the ball, some that are missing it, some that barely swing at all. And because I couldn't see from the mound, uh, I made one of the biggest wastes of time I've ever done in my life. And that was to set up my phone to video all these kids swinging and missing at these, you know, coach pitch lobs that I was throwing in. I learned nothing. Uh, I am not a trainer. 
I'm not a baseball hitting coach, nothing. Uh, I watched some of these kids swings and I took literally nothing from it. I, I don't know if I, you know, I know that they don't teach elbow up, squish the bug anymore, but I don't even know if that would help anybody or not. Um, some are just launching that bat as soon as the ball comes out. Um, I don't, I don't know. Can't make anything to do from it. So, uh, the, the tip of the day, teach your kids and to play. If you want your kids to acclimate to baseball well, let's bring back kickball in the school systems, uh, at recess, on the playgrounds. I think that would vastly help uh, this, this huge gap of you've got kids that get introduced in T-ball. Maybe they play some coach pitch, but then once it gets to kid pitch, either you're good enough to make the jump to select, and they're having traveling teams as, as young as 8U, which I work in the sports tourism industry, so, I mean, great. Keep keep traveling and spend, staying in hotels and, and all that stuff. But uh, there's no – well, there's a huge lack of good leagues for young kids to stay in coach pitch. And I think it's really because you've got a couple of kids that get it and they stay with it and they fast-track to a select team. Uh, and then you've got others that don't because they never had any other form of learning – you know, the fundamentals of, of baseball, and then there's no good leagues for them once they hit the kid pitch range. So uh, I would love to say that I can be part of the solution uh, of all of this, but what I noticed from me setting up a, uh, a phone and videoing these kids' swings is that um, I think I was just trying to do a little too much, uh, just going to do what I can do, which is lob that ball in there the best that I can, pray for the pray for the best and make sure that they're still having fun. See ya. While we're on the subject of kids and baseball, had another thing that I wanted to rant on a little bit. Uh, when, well, for, I live in Texas and uh, I don't see any lightning bugs or fireflies, whichever one you want to call them. I think that was an absolute national pastime was at dusk getting wiffle ball bats and waiting for these things to light up and you just absolutely blast them. I mean, that was so much fun. Uh, but additionally, my kids, first of all, are so spoiled in everything that they have. And anytime that we tell them they got to go play outside, it's like pulling teeth. But even when they go outside, I mean, I used to have way back when, I had a tee that had a rubber ball attached to an elastic string. Um, and so I would just hammer that ball off the tee. It would go out 25 or 30 foot, then it would stretch out and it would shoot back. Uh, and when that got tired, or when I got tired of doing that, I would just throw a ball up in the air, hit it as far as I could, and walk and go get it and come back. Um, but I told that to my kids, and they thought that that was like some form of punishment, you know, that that, uh, that there didn't always exist, you know, D-bats, indoor batting cages, or, um, you know, soft toss nets in the backyard to hit into. Uh, no, don't really have anywhere else to go for this, because I'm, uh, I'm part of the problem here, considering we have, you know, mats to hit off in the backyard, and nets, and all that type of stuff, but... Uh, it just got me thinking if i if if tonight at dusk I saw a firefly or lightning bug in the backyard, uh, I would knock kids 
out of the way. My own kids knocked them out of the way to be the first one with a, with a wiffle ball bat to get back there just to absolutely launch those things as far as I could. I miss that so much. Okay, lightning bugs got me thinking. Two things that I did when I was younger that I'm not sure which one was most or more enjoyable. But first one, when I was uh, probably eight, nine, ten years old, uh, I had one of those little souvenir bats that you get at ball games, like, I don't know, uh, 8, 8, 12, 18 inches long or whatever. So I would use that and a wiffle ball inside the house, like in the living room, just throw it up and absolutely mash this thing, you know, bouncing off of furniture and walls and all that. So that was, I'm, that was fun, obviously, because, you know, it's bouncing off things in the house and that was, you know, entertaining. But then also hitting a golf ball with an aluminum bat is so enjoyable. And I'm trying to remember if I've ever... If I've ever done it on a, like, you know, you all, you assume that it goes so much further, but it just jumps off the bat, you know, hotter and all that stuff. I don't remember if I've ever, you know, like stood at home plate and just seen how much further it went out. But I do remember the sound and how it comes off the bat was so much more enjoyable when you hit a golf ball with an aluminum bat. And honestly, uh, as I stand here, 39 years old, there's literally nothing stopping me from going to the store, getting uh, a brand new 33 inch, whatever the newest Easton or uh, Louisville Slugger or whatever bats they have now, and just get, taking a handful. Of, like, I don't think there's a rule at the driving range that I couldn't just bring, uh, go rent a basket, a bucket of balls at the golf driving range and just pull out an aluminum bat and just toss these things up and just rip them on the driving range. I don't, I mean, I don't see it posted anywhere that you have to use regulatory golf clubs. Um, yeah, nothing. I mean, outside of the understandable things with my wife, there's really nothing stopping me from launching wiffle balls off my living room walls and such. Uh, but if I do go do that, I will film it. Uh, I'm thinking I probably need to go out to the driving range, get a bucket of balls, but instead of hitting with golf club, just toss them up in the air. I, I mean, guarantee Everybody else that's there also turns and looks. And even if somebody's upset, I bet they come down and want to take a few swings, whether they'd admit it or not. Got to do it. I had a, a break between meetings this afternoon, and I was scrolling uh, Instagram on my phone and uh, was just, you know, starting to think of you know, what, what topics to cover and just what feedback to give and all that. Uh, and as I was scrolling, there's a lot of podcasts that also have Instagrams. Um, and I, you know, as I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, nobody cares about this stuff anyway. And then I flip through there and I see a bunch of people posting clips of their own podcasts. And I think this, like, this is dumb stuff too. And I sit here and listen to it. So anyway, it got me thinking a bunch of different stuff. I got on to, um, considering this is the post-game spread podcast. And of course, I know that uh, those that know Lincoln Land baseball know all about um, Big Bull, uh, Ron Riggle Sr., Bull's dad, uh, commander and chief of the concession stand. And maybe I'll save obviously lots of, you know, long form stories for if we ever do a, a an episode uh, where I can give plenty of feedback on Big Bull. But uh, just one 
quick one that always brings a smile to my face is that if you've been, if you played at Lincoln Land or heard guys that have played there, the um, your your post game spread or your post game food experience is wildly controlled by how you performed in the game. Uh, just a quick example. Uh, Big Bull watches everything. So don't think that he's back there just running that concession stand or man in the grill. Like he, he sees all, he knows all. Um, and if you, and if he didn't see it and you come up to that window, let's say it's a double header and you come up to that window between games and, uh, Big Bull, I need a, uh, brat and a Powerade, please. And I'll, I'll spare you guys the impression of his voice. I'll save that for a different time, but he'll say something like, How'd you do out there? Oh, uh, you know, it was a tough one, you know, 0 for 4, 0 for 4, but I'm in the lineup again. He'll just stare at you, $3.50. Guy, as you get your, as you get your brat and your power rate and you move over and open it up and start to put the mustard on it, you'll hear the next guy come up behind. Uh, hey, Big Bull, uh, give me uh, two, two hot dogs and, a, you know, Dr. Pepper. How'd you do out there? Oh, great. Uh, three for three, scored twice. Here you go, buddy. It's on the, <laughs> it's on the house. <laughs> and you turn and look back at Big Bull like, what the hell, man? Like, it's so funny because that's that over and over that scenario comes up. Uh, any, you know, anything that you, um, that you wanted from the concession stand was all contingent on how you performed in the game. Uh, and then the only other way that it wasn't contingent on what you did, it was if you had one of his pet peeves or if you listened to him. Uh, in my freshman year, 2003, uh, I led off most of the season. And Big Bull had one rule for me leading off because he told me forever uh, about the 2000 team that won the, the national championship that uh, I don't know, remember exactly how it goes. But the way that Big Bull told it, pretty much every game that they started, Canadler would get on, uh, he, would, he, he would steal second, uh, Chip Wagner would move him over, and then between O'Malley, Justin Canadler, and Ryan Murphy, between any of them, it seemed like every game they started 4-0 or 5-0, the way he told it. He absolutely loved that 2000 team. And looking at their stats, I don't think he was far off. But the one thing about Jason Canadler leading off, I believe, is that Big Bull never, ever wanted anyone, for any reason, ever, to swing at a first pitch. And I was an absolute first pitch fastball swinger a lot. I mean, if, if I go back and look up stats, I rarely walked anyway. I, I'm, I may have gotten hit by a pitch almost as much as I walked. Um, I wasn't fantastic at going up to the plate with a plan um, or really hitting anything off speed or if I got fooled or whatever. Uh, but I absolutely loved a first pitch fastball. And... <laughs> And even it didn't matter if I got on base, if I got a hit and I scored, uh, it didn't matter. If I came back there and, and, and Big Bull found out that I swung at a first pitch instead of taking it, like you would have thought if, if he could have revoked my Lincoln Land scholarship, I, I think he'd have done it. Um, and I'm not so sure that he didn't have the, <laughs> didn't have the power to do that anyway. Um, anyway, post-game spread. Uh, I've got a million stories that I could tell about, um, you know, the food that we ate after games or before games or wherever it went. But I thought, listen, 
I flip through Instagram and I see people posting stupid shit about their podcast. So I didn't feel so bad about sharing my own stories uh, and especially related to this. And I'll always never or I'll never, ever forget Big Bowl and his concession stand and the fluctuating price of your food based on, based on whether you were in his favor or out of his favor. One more topic as I wrap up this episode of uh, Out of Left Field to fill the, the gap between guests here. Really looking forward to the next couple of guests that you have coming up. That's going to be great stories and can't wait to react to it all. But uh, recently I've seen that I believe it was Aaron Judge was caught before the pitch glancing his eyes to the right. Um, most people's reaction was that he was picking up some sort of sign or communication um, and that that was cheating. Uh, his comment in the press was that there was a lot of chirping going on from his dugout and that he glanced over to see sort of who it was. Um Obviously, I think everyone doesn't believe that because they would think, well, why wouldn't you just turn your head quickly then? You you kept your head still and just moved your eyes so as not to, to make everyone think. So my reaction to it is, um, I mean, so what if he was? Uh, I mean, yes, if they're, if they're using some sort of video equipment or audio or watching the broadcast or something like that, but um, is or is not picking up on tip pitches or reading other people's signals like is that not part of the game um i mean that's the whole reason why you have third base coaches that give signals and catchers and pitchers hide signals and all that like is is not picking up on an advantage part of the game um gosh i remember I had a uh, – Chris Barney was his name. He coached the Springfield Rifles the first summer that I played. And this guy changed the indicator based on if it was first inning, fourth, or seventh, if it was second, fifth, or eighth, or whether it was third, sixth, or ninth inning. This guy had a different indicator for each inning. So as you can imagine, like – I'm up there in the box and I turn and look at him and he starts going through all these signals. Then I glance up at the scoreboard to see what inning it is. Got to do the, the, the calculations in my head of what the damn indicator was. Then come back to him, missed all of it. I give him the signal to run through it again. He gets pissed. Like, I don't know. I just, I'm thinking baseball is, is hard enough as it is. Uh, and if you're, yes, if you're using some sort of equipment to spy or pick up on a broadcast or use video to see something you shouldn't, uh, absolutely. I think that's, that's terrible. Uh, but if you're, if you're using the signals that are around you and the way that other people communicate, and if you can pick up on something to give you an advantage, then, uh, I don't see what the problem is. Now I understand in his position, he wouldn't say, well, like, oh, I was glancing over at the first baseman to see if he was playing on the bag or off the bag or whatever. But I don't know. I don't see – if he was looking around to try and pick up on something that would give him an advantage, I see absolutely no problem whatsoever. Now, if the Yankees have some sort of, you know, light – you know, flashing light signal down the right field line that he was glancing at that, you know, hey, it's one flash for fastball, two flashes for off speed, that's obviously different. But, I mean, if he was just glancing over to pick up something, well, hold on now. If he was glancing over at his first base coach, too, and his first base coach was reading 
the catcher's son. I don't know. I, I guess I still don't even have a problem with that. I think I think it's the player's responsibility to do what you can to communicate in good faith that the other you know the other team obviously is going to see and hear what you're doing. So I mean I feel like that's part of the game. Uh, anyway, I think if he, I don't know if it was on this at bat or if it was others, but I think he did end up hitting like a massive home run. So I mean whether it was on that one or other ones, baseball is hard enough as it is, and you probably end up guessing wrong on those things more than not. But anyway, just wanted to end with that one. Um, I don't see what the big issue is. Uh, if if I'm playing and I'm, and I'm picking up on something that the other team is doing or I hear a signal or see a signal or feel like they're doing something and we use it to our advantage, uh, I sort of feel like that's fair game. Like why would you – if you're out on second base – and you're and you clearly see that the catcher is just putting one finger down, and you just think to yourself, "I'm like, oh man, hope he hits this fastball, but doesn't do anything about it." Like I, don't, I think that's dumb. Um, but now, you know, if you're using video or audio recording devices to put, you know, in someone's dugout or using broadcast, obviously that's different. But I sort of feel like if it's in the game, and you can figure it out, and you can communicate back to your team, that seems like fair game to me. All right. Looking forward to the next guest. See you next time.